0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. Really excited to be sharing this episode with you today, doing a little intro. I know I haven't been doing intros uh, over the past couple of years, but this episode deserves a brief intro, partially because if you've looked at the time, this is a really long episode, and I know I'm only adding to the time by making this intro. Uh, But Phil, uh, I found him online. Somehow we crossed paths. And on Instagram, and we had been talking about doing a podcast for some time, and we finally got around to doing it in about April, May, and as you know, right now it's August, so there was some time elapsed from whenever we recorded to when this is being released, and that's because when I was editing this podcast initially, I cracked the screen on my macbook pro i know so sad and uh, so i didn't have access i my screen was completely black it's got just these like purple lines on it absolutely tragic but i realized that I could hook my laptop up to the TV. So I'm not very technical uh, and I'm not very savvy in that, obviously, or else I would have thought about this months ago, but I just had that realization not too long ago that I could use an adapter and hook my computer to the TV. So I am finishing editing this podcast right now on my 55-inch TV. It's actually kind of nice having the room, uh, but I'm finishing that up now. So this podcast episode is a couple of months old in the conversation. I've not listened back through it all completely. Uh, I got to admit, So uh, hopefully everything is still relevant and uh, accurate, but just know going into it, this is about April or May. So really excited though. It's a very sort of love him or hate him Joe Rogan-esque style podcast, because we just talk about a whole bunch of different stuff for quite a long time. But trust me, it's really good. You might have to listen to it over a couple sessions. I don't know how you do your podcasting, but uh, definitely check it out. It's an amazing episode. Phil is an amazing individual who has a lot to say when it comes to the world of deconstruction and uh, you're really going to enjoy it if you come from a Christian background uh, you're especially going to appreciate his take on things and uh, where he has found himself a couple announcements really quick that I want to make before we get in uh, is just a couple things that I have going on that I need to make you aware of First and foremost, uh, we're doing some t-shirts. So Spiritual Nomad, uh, I have some t-shirts up on the website. You can pre-order those. Those are gonna be shipping out in just a couple weeks and then I'm gonna keep them stocked. So if you wanna buy them on the website, I'm really looking forward to making my first initial pre-order. And so I think we have about six orders right now, if memory serves me correct. And I'd really like to be at around like 12 or 15, uh, just to really put a solid order in. Uh, it's a local company that's going to be printing these t-shirts here in Oceanside. And I uh, want to give them business in the pandemic and um, really excited about it. So I want to get a solid order in. So it's only 25 bucks to pre-order a t-shirt. You can do that on the spiritualnomad.org. Click on product. There's ladies and men's. Pre-order your t-shirt, $25, free shipping in the continental U.S. I know I have a lot of friends that listen overseas. If you want a shirt and you're not in the United States, just send me an email, luke at thespiritualnomad.org we'll work out some sort of shipping for you and make sure that you get a OG Nomad tee. So it's the OG Nomad tee because this was the very first logo that I made for Spiritual Nomad back in February 2017. And it's uh, two like axes that's symbolizing cutting off old patterns, old ways of thinking and then also cutting new paths for growth and development and so it's a very symbolic thing for me and um, probably gonna have some more t-shirt designs coming out in the future but that really depends on if people are interested in spiritual nomad t-shirts so this pre-order is kind of a feeler for uh, should we do some more products and things like that i'd like to but um, i don't know let me know if uh, you want me to do more of that and by letting me know is by going and pre-ordering this first design so the spiritualnomad.org and you can do that there. Uh secondly, and I don't want to be too uh I don't know salesy or anything by any means. Um I've been doing this for you know since twenty seventeen over three years and I've not had any sort of uh thing to sell at all. It's all just been a labor of love. Um but I mean just want to offer more things uh to people. Somebody recently was chatting with me about that and um, So the t-shirts is one, but then another part of that is uh, being able to offer a relationship course. And so um, I was really thinking about, my wife and I were really talking a lot about how we wanted to go about this and how we wanted to share this with people. Um, And we decided to call it a, uh, you know, a spirit centered marriage course. Uh, but by all means if you are not married uh, you can still take this course Uh, frankly it's just it's what rang really well uh, whenever we were talking about it. And so we want to help people uh, just deepen their relationship with spirit, with themselves, and with their spouse or their partner. And so uh, a few months ago, we had uh, someone DM us and asked if we offered premarital counseling. We had not done any of that in many years. Um, and after some time of meditating and praying about it, my wife, Lindsay, and I decided, yeah, let's do that. and So we did an eight week course uh, with our friends. And so I'm not sure if it's going to be eight weeks for everyone or not I think that's going to largely depend on the couple uh, that we get to work with and figuring out exactly in that first session what it looks like to do this sort of course in real time with real people I don't believe in just sort of like equation sort of things y equals mx plus b doesn't always work when it comes to relationships and whenever it comes to the uh fluidness of our life and so uh, but we did an eight week course with this couple we had a really great time they really benefited a lot from it and uh, they encouraged us that we should offer this to more people and uh, this was a couple months ago so after thinking about it sleeping about it sleeping on it praying about it uh my wife lindsay and i decided yeah let's do it let's offer it we have enough time in our schedule if we want three couples to go through a course to deepen their relationship with spirit self and spouse or partner and so if you are someone who wants to do that if you're in a committed relationship a sacred relationship if you're engaged to be married if you are married uh, this is a course that is for you to help you progress in your relationship uh, with your partner and through that you're going to learn about yourself and learn more about the divine so it's a really beautiful thing just want to invite you into that you can find out more about that uh, by scheduling a session with us and so we have a calendly link so you'll just schedule your first free one hour session with lindsay and myself and we'll be able to talk more about that Um, so that link is in the Instagram bio. So if you go to at the underscore spiritual underscore nomad, click on the link in the bio, go to Calendly and schedule your first, uh, session it's free. And if it doesn't work for you, if it doesn't work for you and your spouse, if you're not feeling the vibe that this is something you want to do after that one hour session, no harm no foul at least we get to talk for an hour it's no problem so uh we just want to offer this to people if they feel like it's something they want to do so that is enough of announcements here i think uh eight minutes let's see eight minutes here is a long enough intro for an already wildly long episode uh but it's Certainly a great episode, and uh, I invite you to uh, just leave behind any preconceived notions that you have of your life, of your beliefs, of anything, and just listen to this very fluid and very fun conversation with my friend, Phil Drysdale. I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, that's yeah. so funny. No, I worked about 18 hours a day when I was in uh, the IT, so... Really? It, really? was, it was a lot we, we ran our own company and stuff and it was it was really intense so I, what, I did some contracting and stuff it was in the oil industry so we did it um, i contracted out for lots of different companies and then we started our own company which was you know start from scratch don't even take a salary just graft every day 18 mm-hmm. hours a day six days a week so i'm a good christian um <laughs> but uh if i wasn't it had been in there on the office on sundays as well yeah um, and i probably still was occasionally but like hard graft you know um But you just realize, you're just like, what am I doing here? Like, I am making oil execs more rich. And Mm. maybe on a plus, on a a good day, I get to enjoy some of the benefits of working in this this world. But most of the day, I'm working. Uh, You know, like, I'm not really seeing any betterment in myself, in anyone else. Maybe in my, like, skill set, I'm a bit better. Right. Uh, But, yeah, I just was a bit like, kind of done. Um, Yeah. How long so, did yeah. you do that for? Uh, I went straight out of school at like 16 or so. Um, I did it while I was at uni and things. And then I kind of bailed on that about 24. So about eight years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then I, I didn't, when I, uh, so I left and I went over to California. I went to like this um, supernatural ministry school and they were like, like doing all sorts of crazy wild things. It was, was a really great place. Bethel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, I was there for, I did the full school. I I volunteered there for a couple of years. I helped them really like network globally. Like, I helped write their curriculum. Like, I mean, I I did a lot of stuff while I was there. Um, All the while, not particularly being where they're at, but it's all good. Um, And, and, uh,
0: you, you, uh, you traveled across the world though
1: to go there. I I I mean, it's not like you were down the street and you're like, I mean, I could just, you know, I, I think when, when i first got out. there i was like this is it this is what spirituality is and i got there and i was like the first day they were like here's like um here's like your book list and it was like you know 12 books to read over the 12 months it's nine months nine books or whatever and i looked at it and i was like this is all just staff members here i'm like at no point are you going to teach me something that like you're not teaching me day in day out and so first thing i did was i went and like bought like a john piper book and like a brian mclaren <laughs> book down at the local uh, what do you call them uh, the bookshops, not Waterstones, that's the UK. Dang. Like a Lifeway or something? Lifeway books? No, no, store. like a, 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 the, the main bookstores in America. What are they called? Um,
0: I don't know. Back in the... Whenever I was living in the Midwest, they, we had uh, Berean bookstores. Uh, oh, not a Christian bookstore. Just oh, like genuine, Barnes & Noble. Barnes
1: & Noble. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, 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 I constantly live in this world where the UK, everyone's teasing me for being basically American. And then as soon as I like... <laughs> forget anything i'm like wait why do i manage to forget <laughs> um but i went in there and i bought like brian mclaren john piper like everything that was like this is nothing like bethel mm-hmm. but you know there'll be some interesting stuff in here um and so that's I'm, like, a reading, major like, difference fundamentalist like progressive church like yeah and i'm just like oh it's interesting stuff in here um so immediately off the bat like i'm like you know going to like like some of the passes there and i'm like i just read in shane claiborne's book like how exactly do we even have like a spare room in our house and there's homeless people in our city? Like, how do we do that as Christians? Like, can you talk me through how that works? And obviously somewhere like Bethel, they're the best of hearts doing amazing stuff with homeless people and all sorts of amazing stuff. So this isn't a critique of them, but their theology and their framework is very much, it's perfectly fine to have a spare bedroom and it's perfectly fine to have some boundaries and not have homeless people living in your house, which I think is a reasonable thing as well. You know, I have a spare bedroom right now. It's not got a homeless person in it. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, I'm constantly challenging myself with these totally different uh, dynamics. And so it's just my nature to do kind of weird stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I get really frustrated by reading books. that I agree with and I get to the end and I'm like, ugh. That was awful. I just liked it all the way through, but like, what a waste of time. Um, I, I I knew it all, you know. It's I yeah, didn't, yeah. Like, get challenged or think something different, and so yeah, very very different. I have no idea what we were talking about. Well, okay, so just how did that relate
0: to? How did they take that? I mean, because you are here, you're living in at Bethel, which is a highly charismatic mm-hmm. environment, and you're reading completely opposite spectrums brian mclaren on the one hand progressive christian you know uh, i guess you could i'm not a big fan of the term but whatever universalist or whatever then you have john piper who is like the opposite of him and like this calvinist like only a few people are elected you know and the rest are damned sort of person and bethel is neither of them (laughs) i Mm -hmm. mean they don't they don't adhere to any of them so you're bringing this are somewhere else but yeah How did they, How I mean, how is that? How did you end up back in
1: in the UK? The thing is, so the thing that's fascinating about it is uh, when you start to understand models of human psychological development, they're all actually very similar. Mm -hmm. All three of those different groups are very different expressions of what Christianity should be, how you read the Bible, how you interpret it, how you do your day to day. But they all have this kind of um, an authority structure where they go, okay, that's my authority, be it. The Pope, the Bible, the pastor, the apostle, you know, whoever it is, MacArthur, Piper, whatever, Mark Driscoll, whoever it was at the time, you know, like we've got right. this person at the top and they kind of filtered out. And we kind of just like we're looking to them for some certainty, some security, some safety, you know, mm-hmm. like some of these base kind of like um, needs that we have at certain stages in our growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those people kind of facilitate that. I think that's something that we miss with a progressive church. A lot of people leave um, kind of more conventional evangelical church and they move into progressive church but it's very similar right. it's, it's not actually a very different way of doing life um, and we see this with you know like even politics um, you know you look at the left the right the democrat the conservative the tory the labor you know wherever you are in the world we, we kind of pit these as really radically different positions but they're actually still based in this very real dualism and, and, and need to have some certainty, security. We, we know what's right and they're wrong. Mm. Um, and so I think exposing myself to that dynamic kind of showed me a little bit uh, quicker than most people probably learn duality and, and try to transcend it. I'm still very dualistic, but I'm trying to transcend it. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. aware of that, you know? Um, yeah, and that's the West, very though. few people get to that stage um, early on in life. It takes a long time for a lot of people to start to be like, oh man, we're all kind of the same and things are a lot more complex than we think. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was very aware that like, oh, I don't have to agree with everything. Mm. Um, and, and so for me, I would look at things that I found very... Um helpful things that I would see um, that I really loved at in the community I was in, because I love that place. I mean, Bethel's an amazing place. And you know what? If you're gonna be in a very uh conventional, charismatic evangelical church, God, be there. Yeah. Right? I mean, like so I can think of a lot worse places to be. Yeah. Um and yet I wouldn't go there now. Like that, that's just not where I'm at. And I, I wouldn't recommend a whole host of different people. Most people that follow my platform, probably most people that follow your platform, I'd go you're probably not going to get much out of it it's it's probably a a step backwards as far Mm. as how you're trying to frame the divine and 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 move into uh spirituality um and so i just think um i don't have any kind of like negative i don't think of it as a waste time i don't uh look back on them and go "Oh, i wish they were different because i wouldn't be me right now if i hadn't been me then and they hadn't been who they were right Um, and they're growing and changing and, and stuff as well i'm sure but Organizations grow slower than individuals, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I I, I just kind of naturally moved on. I started traveling. I started I started blogging and posting on social media. And Facebook was becoming a thing, and you know, like, and I was like, oh, I'll post on that. And there was ups and downs through that. Like, I have definitely pissed <laughs> off some people. And, and Facebook's people, a great platform to uh, piss some people off. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not a great <laughs> platform for much else. But uh, no, <laughs> at no. the time, it was the only platform. Right. Um, And so, I mean, I started doing that and then people started messaging me saying, hey, would you come and speak at our church and do conferences? So I start, I basically became like kind of the charismatic kind of itinerant kind of thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. you go to churches, you go to conferences, you go to like ministry schools and you just travel and speak and very dualistic, very like, I was very, um, edgy i was very like controversial Mm. but i was still very dualistic it was very much me coming in going this is where you're wrong and this is how i can tell you how you're wrong and this is the right thing and people like that like to ask you even if you're very edgy and controversial as long as you're still very absolute and you can based on their authority which most of the church i was going to was the bible even if it wasn't they would at least go well can't say it's not right right so as long as you came in with the bible and you gave them all the reasons that this was the answer they'd be like well this is awesome we like this guy let's have him back yeah Um, and so i really i I worked well with that even when pretty early on i was like i don't even think i'm this person Mm. um and so that was more of a struggle is figuring out how do i transition into being more authentic more myself but in this world that is so radically different you yeah. know and and everything is based on this like my my day-to-day life my income everything at the time like i was married and had n- no other income i was supporting my wife she was studying um and i did everything by donation i didn't i didn't do the charismatic thing of like here's my you know bill my honorarium fees and all that different stuff like i didn't charge for hotels for flights i just was like i'll pay it all if you want to give something that's great and it, i always broke even or, or made something most of the time yeah. occasionally I didn't uh, I had <laughs> one trip to had one trip to Arizona and I did like 14 different ministry schools that were all kind of networked and uh and it cost me about $1,300 and I walked away with I think it was like $540 and I was like <laughs> that hurts so much you know because I'm flying from the UK like this it's a long way yeah um, and uh And I got back and then the the next day, like um, I got this message from a church and they were like, oh, we just had someone cancel. We're doing a leader's retreat. Could you come and speak on leadership for 25 minutes? So I went on this whole weekend away, hung out with them, spoke for 20 minutes. They gave me a thousand pounds. So it's like almost one and a half thousand dollars at a time. So I'm like, it just works. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not stressed about it. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, I framed that and how it works and why it works differently along the journey. Yeah, you know, I've probably attributed it to different things. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think it was just a fascinating time of my life, a really fascinating season. But but towards the end of me doing that traveling whilst at Bethel, there was visa complications for me to be in the Americas complex anyway, mm. um, and I was different enough from Bethel. I was helping them with some curriculum for their leaders network and doing different things. But there was never an opportunity for me to go on staff with Bethel because we were just we knew we were too different. We mm. worked kind of we worked well together but we would never want to be i actually wouldn't have a problem with that, but they would never want to be affiliated right You know what i mean like that would be too close a, a tie i i felt uh maybe they might say it differently i, I, don't I mean know
0: they how. have an organization and an institution to keep an image Absolutely. for and i mean you know people have to guard that and protect that or whatever you know and that's yeah. even with some of the associations where i'm at now it's like i thinking about those affiliations whenever I'm, like, on the Spiritual Nomad, right? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. I keep that largely, like, private, if you... Not private, but just there are... I'm definitely aware of of who should and should not be exposed to, like, what I post there and try to be as authentic as I can to post there. Um, But it's it is difficult, you know, when you are affiliated with different people more so for their sake than mine
1: you know what i mean that's it that's it you don't want to hurt people you don't want to you know cause any problems for anyone else and that's that's a very real problem like i found that the more open and the more authentic i've been and the more i've journeyed off the deep end and down a slippery slope or whatever i've done Which slippery slopes
0: are a lot of fun, so.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no one goes, oh, no, a slippery slope. Don't go there. Right. Everyone's like, sweet. (laughs) Yeah. People pay a lot of money to go down slippery slopes on snowboards. You know what I mean? It's fun. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. But um, certainly things like community, you know, I I was a part of a church here locally for a long time. and. part of the leadership and and part part of community and and i everyone knew i was very different but when i'm at church it's very easy for me to go you know that's cool yeah i'll just not comment you know maybe a comment here or there occasionally when i feel it's appropriate it's maybe going to push people here and there but not too much it's not going to scare anyone but then i'm friends with them on facebook and twitter and instagram not because i've added them because i'm a very public person so i and i don't use social media personally i just use it for my ministry stuff or my 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 life yeah. whatever you call what i do i don't even know what to call it anymore it used to be a ministry i don't know what to call it now yeah. um but they'll, they'll follow me and i go holy hell like look at this guy what the freak <laughs> you know, Freaking out um and so you know like what what are, what are you doing and i'm like ah guys i tried to protect you from this you came and sought it out you know yeah. you you, you look behind the curtain yeah. um but you can't not be yourself publicly how has that but, impacted you yeah. with your like local church and
0: stuff so like the movement that I'm from is close to Bethel, so I'm from the Vineyard. So if mm-hmm, you're familiar yeah. with the Vineyard and very familiar, you know all the John Wimber stuff and everything. So and I still, here's the thing, letting the cat out of the bag uh, a little bit, is like I I still have a affinity for some of that, and mm, and absolutely, it's uh, been something that's been like more of a resurgence over the past, I'd say, year, uh, six months even. You know, I've been uh secretly venturing up well before the lockdown secretly venturing up the vineyard anaheim a little bit you know where it all started again and you know jeremy riddles the worship leader there you know it's a unique experience and then i see like their instagram stuff and it's like so fundamentalist and i'm like yeah well to to my paradigm it is you know and i'm like uh don't think I want to hang out there anymore, you know. So That's it's like so funny. it's weird. This weird what, dynamic. What draws you in?
1: Is it? Is it the music? Is it that kind of spiritual? What, however we language we use, presence, yeah. atmosphere. It's like it's that. It's the
0: presence yeah. to me. It's um, there is where I'm at now at a higher altitude, if you will. You know, I, I was actually just writing, and I'm gonna make a YouTube video about just, you know, when you're on when you're lower. Uh, closer to the ground, if you will. It's like when you're in a city, it's like, oh, I'm like in Indianapolis. I'm from the South side of Indianapolis. We're not those West siders. And there's this like division, right? Then you go outside of the state and you're like, ah, but we're all Hoosiers. Right. We're yeah. all from the <laughs> and then you go, oh, well, I'm from the West coast. You're from the East, Co-, you know, but it's like the higher yeah. that you get to see, I would say from God's point of view, mm-hmm. now you're seeing this whole world with nuance and difference and contrast, yeah. but it's all being protected by yeah. the atmosphere. Right. That, that is the divine. And it's like, oh, well, it can have nuance, but it's all a part of this thing. And so it's like mm. there is nuance and it's all protected from the harsh reality of space. Right. And so every tradition and religion, whatever it has, its nuance, has its contrast, but yet it's still all inside of the atmosphere that is divine. Um, just appreciating it for what area it is, you know? I mean, certainly the desert like looks that. different than the snow from space, but it, you can see that it's connected, it's yeah. interrelated. But There's-
1: you prefer to be in either one of those than in space. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll still exactly. of,
0: you know, with the oxygen and, you know, like that, right. it's good. <laughs> and and you're, you're aware of its protection. It's protect. it's there, it's in the space. And so it's like, for me, what is attractive is like, okay, I can now look from that point of view and what I used to, and what I want to talk about a little bit is a lot of like your deconstructions network, because um, a lot of folks in the deconstruction world may not be as um, forgiving of the communities that they've been a part of as what you've already yep. expressed about Bethlehem. and what I've like still having, still being able for me as an evangelical deconstructionist, you know, reading uh the yoga of jesus by yogananda is the book over nice. here. I mean, would not be able to go to vineyard anaheim and hear jeremy riddle lead a set of worship. Right. But I am able to see from this higher point of view of like this is all nuance that's still within this atmosphere of the spirit that Sees no boundaries, you know, there's no boundary between California and Arizona when you look at it from space, right? So it's, uh, I don't know, just looking at some of that. And so in my opinion, and I don't mean to be, you know, haughty or arrogant, I hope that doesn't come across in this at all for the folks listening. But to me, I feel within my being more of a maturity. I don't feel as much of Mm -hmm. a angst, that teenage angst anymore towards the institution, but more so of a grace for whatever it is that they're doing and seeing sort of the bird's eye view of the connectedness, not the
1: division, yeah. between my experience and their organization, you know. Mm. Um, Did you feel the angst at some point? You, absolutely. So you said it anymore. So you went – and I think that's the thing is to recognize, oh, no, no, I'm not I'm not like better than that. I am yeah, that. Like, right. I've, I've, I've been through that. I've, I've absorbed that. I've, I've got what I could from it. Um, and I probably still somewhere occasionally. You you hit the right note, and I'll, I'll show yeah. up again. Yeah, um, yeah. But I've learned to kind of transcend it. And, yes. And includes what is, but transcends and and go. There's there's more to this. There's something better. There's something, uh, greater. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with um like spiral dynamics or integral theory or any of those kind of topics? Not really.
0: But I'm. Whenever we first started connecting on Instagram is whenever you were releasing. Does videos series on that yeah yeah
1: yeah because that's a really fascinating concept where it's it's fascinating that um the study of human developmental psychology um has kind of come about through multiple levels of discipline within psychology throughout the world kind of independently because it started before we were massively talking globally Mm. you know so people like probably about 100 years ago or so all over the world different psychologists in different areas of the world were like I wonder if we just looked at how humans grow up, could we see them move in the same direction? Like if I'd got like a hundred kids and watched them over like eighty years, how will they grow? Will we notice the same evolutions in their psychological makeup? Mm -hmm. Um and, and basically the answer is yes we all kind of go from certain stages we develop an ego we like start screaming no and yelling at our parents at two and then, then we start to realize ah, you know what maybe this will work better if i use my words and kind of communicate it and negotiate it a bit and and you start to <laughs> trust your parents and just let them be absolute authority figures and go yeah of course my parents know best yeah if they said the, 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 the it rains in the sky because god needed to pee then surely it that's it yeah <laughs> you know and then you become like the teenager and you're like mom and dad are idiots obviously god's not peeing that's like you know the sea is like slowly evaporating and it's developing clouds which i shift with the wind patterns you know mm. and, and so we go through these stages of perceiving the world trusting authority having an ego starting to lose the ego these are stages that um, as psychologists got more global they start talking to each other and go oh we've created a model for how humans grow and they're then like, oh we did that too mm. and so they all start comparing these models and they go holy crap yeah that must be it because it's true in every culture mm. it, just across the board people move in these directions um, and what's interesting is they'll have different dividing lines and different categories. But if you kind of look at it kind of from a far enough back, you go, okay, yeah, we're all right. moving that spectrum. The, the kind of it's like a suddenly a spectrum of color, you know, from one color to the next, from white to black or something. You go, oh yeah, yeah, there's definitely a growth pattern here. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about that is it works for individuals, which is fascinating, but it also works for cultures and societies because they're just lots of people. Yeah. Um, And so what you can find is societies and cultures, and that goes from nations right down to, like, a family or a church community or something Mm. like that, can be stuck at some of these stages. I don't say stuck. I just mean, like, that's where they're at. They're at these stages. Yeah. So one of the stages that is um, societally where most of the world is right now across the whole globe is is called stage traditional. And this emerged probably about 3,000 years ago, probably, mostly with um the the origin of cities becoming a big thing and and the stage before that was very wild very crazy it was egomaniac it was it was called stage warrior uh it's okay. kind of like a non-pc kind of label to it but it was very much like i want i'll hit you on the head i'll take it mm. um and so it was like you know uh joseph coney you know the guy the warlords yep. in sudan like you know raping and killing and mur- murdering and pillaging and he, he's a stage warrior and right. so are the people around him who are if, if you're not at the top you just Keep your head down and kind of do your thing. Yeah. But someone's going to come along and cut your head off eventually and become the new guy at the top. Right. Um, right. And so when you come out of that stage as a society, what you're looking for is safety, certainty, security, structure, order. Mm. Um, you know. And that's what's naturally required when you go from small tribes to huge cities of 10,000, 20,000, know, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000 uh, people, which some of these early cities were that big, how do you begin to have a structure there? When we need laws, we need structure, we need police and rules and guards and we need a king and we need like someone to be absolutely in charge. Right. And that's where society has been for the last kind of few thousand years. And we only shifted probably about a couple hundred years ago to stage modern, which is what it was called, which came along in the Enlightenment. Yeah. And this stage started to go, this is good. Society works well. It's quite nice. We have a lot less crime, a lot less people getting their heads cut off and things. You know, it's just really nice. Um <laughs> But I feel like I'm giving up a lot of my personal autonomy for the benefit of the community. Mm. And I don't, I don't mean the community any harm. I don't want to hurt the community. I don't, you know, I have nothing against everyone else, but I want to be me. Mm. What if I'm, what if you're not in charge? What if you're not the perfect authority? What if I can figure something out better than you? Mm. What if I can read a book and figure it out? What if I, And so this stage started to really value ration uh rationalizing logic um it's 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 a, a self-development about the betterment of itself about it it's quite an egotistical stage yeah and um, yeah and and that's the stage that society has shifted in and so america which i'm presuming most you're on it's probably american is kind of teetering on this um stage between t- traditional and modern and most of society has moved into stage modern, mm. but the church is a very traditional right. unit. And right. it holds a lot of people back to the degree where they can be in stage modern. You could be a scientist that's rational and logical and uses all these like self-critical and, and evaluating and, and very data-driven. And then you put all that at the floor and walk into church on a Sunday and you go immediately back to these prior stages right. and so it's not that everyone's at one stage it's much more complex and nuanced than that sure um but the point being that churches very much are still rooted on the whole to these kind of traditional stages and you have a whole host of humans moving into new stages and, and beyond there's postmodern stage there's integral there's all kinds of different stages which are fascinating um, and only later stages are even aware this is going on most of us have no idea that Humans grow in stages. We just think that everyone's wrong apart from me. Right. That's how you kind of frame the world. Right. Um, uh, But the point being that most of the people who see each other as enemies are all at the same stage. You know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, a, a fundamental Muslim is just as much at stage traditional as a fundamental Christian. Right. You know, absolutely. Right. And just as much for many people as fundamental atheists, if they become very fundamental, their authority figure is Christopher Hitchens or Richard Dawkins. They don't particularly study for themselves. They just accept it face by one. Oh, well, no, that's stupid. And obviously, that's just wrong. Or, um they fall into the same traps as well. Um, but there is this kind of momentum moving society forward. Um, and most of society is really leaning forward. It's, it's why if you look at Europe, you can see a totally different culture to somewhere mm. like America. Because in Europe, a lot of Europe is moving into postmodern stage. And even a lot of the church is still a traditional, but quite a chunk of the church has moved into stage modern. And so people are shifting and moving. But I think this is what's happening with the deconstruction movement is... People are starting to think for themselves and question their authority, question the Bible, question the Pope, question the pastor, whatever it is, they're questioning it and going, I'm I'm exploring this. We're, we're at a new reformation. You know, 500 years ago, Luther kicked off with a printing press. If he didn't have a printing press, he would have gone nowhere. It's right. the fact that he could get his ideas everywhere. And here we are today, you know, you've got a youth pastor and he's sitting teaching 50 youth. And he goes, well, kids, here's the deal. You can't sleep with anyone before you're married, or God will be really angry. <laughs> where does it say that in the Bible? It just says it, okay? <laughs> immediately, you get 30 kids pulling out their phone going, where does it say that? And the, and the top 10 Google results go, it doesn't say it. Right. It's, it right. doesn't say it. And so immediately they go, oh, bullshit, I'm not listening to this guy. Right. And immediately you've lost people. Uh, yep. like it, it's as simple as that to lose people because yep. you're caught in your um your absolutisms and you're maybe uh not knowing uh as clearly what you prescribe to know or, or, or things aren't as absolute as you say they are right and um, people people get up and walk Yeah. Um, it, they may last a while before they get up and walk but you started a ball rolling people can question and people can doubt and people will find communities you you your pastor teaches about hell and you're thinking i don't know about that i'm just not sure like i my aunt was really nice and she wasn't a christian i right. can't imagine her burning for x amount of trillion years for being like a moderately okay human being for 80 years you know like that seems imbalanced you know even hitler i'm like at a certain amount of billion years i'm like dude he's kind of paid his due right i mean at a certain point like you mm-hmm. know how many millions of billions of years of torture. So you start going, I'm not sure about this. You type into Google and you find entire communities of thousands upon thousands of people that go, "Oh, we we see things differently." Yeah. The phone, um, the internet has single-handedly
0: changed not only just uh, the landscape of, you know, uh, the world, but I mean the politics of the world, but religion. I mean, we Huge. talk about that all the time. I mean, the fact is today that you didn't have, even you know, twenty years ago, is while a pastor is preaching on the stage, you can be looking up other yep. views. I
1: mean, you can fact check them. It's immediately,
0: immediately, and so, and that brings me to you know, you know, I have some other stuff that I want to pull out from what you were saying, but to me, that creates uh, an amazing opportunity, I think, for church to get back to what its original intention was, and I'm, and that is a place of true transcendence of spirit experience of contemplation and prayer and meditation and of these things that it isn't a a space for indoctrination but rather experience and so i think it's a great opportunity now that we can get Absolutely. back to some of that we've kind of fallen into the trap of like just getting people to like exegete romans correctly and it's like that's not even what this whole thing's about to begin with you yeah. know what i mean uh you mentioned yeah. too like the same psychology of the fundamentalist and i think what's interesting is you know, we're both kind of in this sort of progressive space as well, is that there's been a really um, sharp turn towards progressive fundamentalism in Christian mm-hmm. progress, uh, you know, progressive Christians. And it's been a really big turnoff to me for like pursuing that at all. Like I, I've, I've removed all the language of like progressive Christianity from my own stuff, uh, sure. just because there's this say exactly what you're saying. And so I think for listeners, just, so they're aware, too, that like you can be subject to this. And I think people need to be mindful of whatever groups that they're associating with, because any group that you become a part of is trying to persuade you into a particular value system and belief mm-hmm. system that is in line with the tribe. And so I don't even think there's anything wrong necessarily with, with tribes. Um, but I do think there is something that is really um really difficult about navigating the waters of trying to find freedom, yet finding yourself in bondage again. And yeah. um, that's my whole thing is helping people enter into a sense of spiritual freedom. And, you know, the fact is, is like fundamentalism is alive and well, even in the places that are the whistleblowers on fundamentalism, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's just because maybe you can speak to this too. It's, it's just our fear of truly being autonomous and truly being in union within ourselves like we feel like Mm -hmm. we have to have a governing authority in whatever it is even in our freedom and i I think that's why you know um you know i don't want to get too much off the topic but you know back whenever slaves were freed after the emancipation right like a lot of slaves ended up going back to their slave owners because they just didn't really have that framework or psychology of freedom built into their dna and i think In spiritual settings, uh, we do the same with our churches, right? Like, we Mm -hmm. just trade one for the other simply because we don't know what it's like to have a true, independent, vibrant spirituality, uh, in and of ourselves. And you know, for whatever reason, we just yoke ourselves back to the progressive fundamentalists, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. yeah.
1: What well, what's interesting is you can look at the, the slavery is a good example. You know, you look at these slaves that are emancipated, that they're set free. They're no longer in bondage to this um, households. you know, and so they're set free and they go, great, we're free. This is what we wanted for a long time. And then they go into society and society says, we don't give a crap that you're free. You're not working for me. You're not, I'm not paying you money. I'm not giving you a home. You're not allowed to rent this house. We don't, we're no blacks in this house. Right. And, and so there's a system here which doesn't allow you to be free. Mm. It doesn't allow you to to have the, the the privileges that you might have looked upon and gone, that looks nice. But even when you get there, you're like, oh, but it's not for me. I don't I don't get to have this. Mm. Um, and I think that there's um, a very strong dynamic in this in our spirituality. There aren't people. Um, there are people there's just not as many people as we probably need for these pilgrims that are making these journeys that are finding themselves I'm liberated I don't want to be a part of that toxic uh, religion these beliefs I find very very unhealthy they come out of that or maybe a lot of times they're helped out of that with a good kick up the butt right um, and so they find themselves on the out and they go great okay cool and then they go oh my god what what do i do how do i have community how do i have relationships how, how do i mm. how do i find people that think like me because there aren't many um systems in place especially for people that have come from a very fundamental place because they've lived in a sheltered community they don't have any concept of they've no network they've no friends they've no one to give them a hand kind of getting from here to here like it's a very complex and, and difficult world to navigate when you go through a radical shift in your beliefs. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a real problem for a lot of people um, is they come out of Christianity. This, I, most of my work is I put out a lot of content. Yes. But most of my work is sitting, chatting with people online all day, every day. Uh, I spend like sometimes eight, nine, 10 hours a day, just chatting with people on Instagram or something, just pastoring people going through this problem. Uh, and and there's all sorts of different dynamics mm. of the problem. Uh, but, a good portion of it is I'm utterly alone. My mm. family, my friends, yep. my community have turned their back on me. Yes, done. Yeah, um, and and that's a very real reality for a lot of people once they kind of come out of the closet spiritually and go, I'm not. I'm not really in the same place as you. Oh, I thought we were friends, but okay, bye. I don't know what's right. happening. Because right? um, they take Paul's word seriously alone. and they say, oh,
0: don't even eat with such a person. Right. And people Absolutely. just completely ex-communic- excommunication is still a very real thing. I think people they, very real. I, for me, I, I will say, and I've said this in past podcasts, whatever, being in the vineyard and you know, being you know, in the, the dynamics that I was in, I, I wasn't exposed to as uh, harsh of situations as a lot of the people that I'm helping now. Mm. And uh, I'm aware of that. And so I don't want to like act like I was a part of some like really domineering, you know, authoritarian system because the reality is I wasn't at all. Um, But I have a a deep curiosity and empathy for people that have gone through things like that. And just by nature, Mm. I'm just a very like rebellious sort of person. So things that are probably not authoritarian in my mind project as very authoritarian, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, stuff. I but I mean, I do experience, and I have experienced that awkward conversation of you feel like you're in a safe space at a dinner table, drinking some beers with friends, and you just want to have an honest conversation about how you think hell is not what we've thought it to be. And then everybody just like, yeah you know, just completely, it shifts the whole yes. room. <laughs> like you can feel it in an instant. All of the sudden it's like the energy has shifted and the, you're up against people that just are defending things that they've just been handed. And that is actually some of the most, uh, solidified sort of concrete in the hearts of people is because they, it's Absolutely. been so baked in for so many years. And so anyways, just like you said, like pastoring people on Instagram. I it's the same thing. You know, people send me a DM and sometimes it's like, I don't even I don't even know if I can give my time to this because, you know, I do work part time at a denominational church now. You know, I do like insurance and have a few other projects going and I'm a dad with two kids and whatever. And I'm like, oh man, like it breaks my heart because these people are a lot of times. You know, not even near me geographically, but it's like there is this connection that we are very close spiritually. And I have like this, this like sort of, you know, calling whatever you want to put on it, but to help people move into greater depths of of who they are, regardless of what the systems around them have told them that they're not crazy. Because that's probably what you experience too, is I mean, people really think they've been convinced that they're on a slippery slope and that they might be. Mm On the road to eternal damnation, and even someone like me shouldn't be trusted because I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing, and yeah. like that's a very, you know, uh, very hard thing to, to unravel with with folks yeah. too. You know, uh, so it, this is a very yeah.
1: real condition. Like, there's a there's an element. I'm not saying that everyone that goes through this process has this, but there is a very real component of religious trauma. Um, yeah. and so it's a subset of PTSD um, mm-hmm. that people. I, I talk with people, some people I talk with, and they're like, Phil, I haven't believed in uh, eternal conscious torment uh, version of hell for 12 years. I still wake up once or twice a week in a cold sweat, freaking out because mm-hmm. I had a dream about going there. And you're talking that kind of ingrained pain. This is like, this is the same sort of thing as people coming back from Vietnam and having flashbacks and experiencing right. getting ambushed again. Or, you know, it, it's the same deal of um, most most trauma uh, comes from... Uh, or, at least one theory of most trauma is that it comes from a a threat of injury or or, uh, a threat of life, Mm. um, at least perceived. Well, how much of a bigger threat of injury or threat of life do you want than the God of the universe will torture and punish you forever? Right. right? I mean, that's that's about as big as it gets, right? Right. And even you know, and I and I don't mean to make light of anyone's uh, post traumatic stress, you know, or anything or any experience, but suddenly it's almost like radically dwarfed when you've got God as the one that's going to kill you. I mean, right? It's like, Jesus, okay, right. And, and so people are, are literally brought up with that concept, at least on the back burner and they see how people that leave the community are talked about or dealt with Yes. kind of oh yeah well they're that's a slipper slip to hell you know like or oh it's a shame we better pray for their salvation pray they come back into the so they right. know what's happening and they're basing that on that not on, in anymore. on the bible where
0: paul says i've handed him over to satan so that you know and yeah. it's, There's bible it's bible all justified
1: always always <laughs> um so so that dynamic is there and and so people that leave Um, and and this isn't just about people that leave the church as well so there's all sorts of different terms at play there's um, nomads is a popular one nuns duns de church, deconstructed you know there's so many different labels and each label has a slightly different connotation spiritual refugees you know um, and and they all have their place and they're all very helpful um, and none of them quite sum it up You know, Mm -hmm. so deconstruct is good or de-church is a great term, but how many people stay in church? Mm -hmm. A lot of people go through this process, but they can't leave church. They're married and they've got kids and all of their family love church and they're good with it. So I kind of got to go. Or how about I just literally two hours ago, was talking to a pastor, pastor of a thousand person church going, I don't believe this stuff anymore. Yeah yeah (laughs) he's like but i mean i'm like 40 i've got kids i've got a wife i'm like i gotta pay the bills uh i i I love the people i'm helping i kind of want to help them come on a bit of the journey that i've been on and i don't even know how to do this Mm. um and so is that person de-churched no Do they feel entirely alone and completely isolated? You bet. There's very few things. as It feels lonely going to a party and you don't know anyone. There's 30 people in the room. Imagine going to church that is your family. Yeah. A thousand people and you don't feel like a single person in there knows the true you because Mm. you can't be open with them. Yeah. Um, And so this is a really painful process for a lot of people. And it's not it's not a small movement it's the biggest growing movement of christianity yeah yeah the the largest growing movement of christianity right now is those that are walking away from institutional models of christianity or conventional uh, i say conventional not traditional because a lot of these beliefs aren't traditional right just popular today Um, but these conventional beliefs people are 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 disconnecting from some of them um, and some of them are still in church but most tend to leave like it's a huge movement. I think it's it's estimated last the last data I saw which is from 2014 was 2700 people leave the church every day mm. in America. Wow. 2700 people every day, so it's about 3 million a year. Just every day bailing on the church. Yeah. Um and yet 78% of them say they still believe in God and are pursuing spirituality through a lens of Jesus. Right. So there's this massive gap in you have fallen away and they're son of satan and you know you don't believe in god or anything and uh, you're one of us yeah whatever that means sure there's a massive window in between those two and there's a huge populace in the middle there that kind of don't fall into anyone's remit they don't have a place to go and get together with one another they don't have a a pastor to help hold their hand they don't have like you know a community and, and they do feel alone and the thing is with that many people leaving you could have 20 people in your town that have done the same thing but where do you go right you leave right. the if you're a baptist and you decide eh, i'm not really into this i feel like there's more to charismatic kind of um, models i believe in the spiritual gifts and so you go Well, where do i go i'll go to the charismatic church right You right. know where to go um if you're charismatic you go oh, i'm not sure about this i want to be a bit more fundamental i'd quite like to explore some calvinistic principles you know where to go right, right. but if you go i'm kind of done with going to church and i just don't believe a lot of these models these conventional models where do you go? Right. Well, there is nowhere to go when you don't want to go. But you do want community. Right. And so you could have us in your street, you could have five people there thinking like that and every Sunday morning they're like, Oh, I do wish miss getting together and I would happily go to the pub with some friends and talk to them and laugh together, cry together, process together. But how do I meet them? How do I connect with them? Like yeah. it's a very lonely and, and painful process. It's the beauty of the internet is it does make that at yeah. least a bit better, right? Totally. Facebook group with Three thousand people and it makes you know you're not alone but it's not the same as having a like belly aching laugh in the pub or yep. crying in someone's living room you know it's yeah very, so i'm
0: curious different. so because part of my desire is creating spiritual community and i moved to california to plant the church that's originally why i came here four years ago and uh you know i definitely still feel that desire and that draw in some way but i'm a completely different person right than i was mm. uh, and i would say for the better but the problem is experiencing exactly what you're saying so right now i'm, I'm with the church there with the disciples of christ or whatever but even then and if my friends that i'm on staff with are listening you know it's being most honest self, i still don't feel like that's my home like i still don't feel like i've like found my people right you know um and i have this desire to create more to create that community that does have that a little bit more of a tone of spirituality in it and so i'm curious Do you, in your perspective and in your, and I saw that post about, I love like the stats that you show. You're, you're super in depth with a lot of that. I want to talk a little bit about that some too here in a moment. But, uh, so I shared that with a couple of my friends and just that this is a growing movement. This, you know, nomadic Mm -hmm. deconstructionist sort of movement. My heart wants to create space for that now. And I think we are doing that, like at the church that I'm at. But I, I still desire like more of that spirituality nuance to be. That's that charismatic in me that just dies hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my question is is like, where do you see uh, spiritual communities arising? Like, do you see a potential without getting into a fundamental? Like I think some progressive churches have done. Mm-hmm. But do you see like? there being a network or movement or a new way of church or community, spiritual community in a way that people can be like, ah, yeah, like if I don't want to experience the Baptist church, or I don't want to experience the non-denominational mega multi-campus church anymore. And, you know, I want to have some freedom to, you know, experience different, uh, spiritual things, but also like let go of a lot of the doctrinal baggage. Mm-hmm. Like do you see a traditional church, ever being able to to fill that for someone or do you think this new world of nomads and deconstructionists just need a completely different non-feeling of church altogether curious some of that
1: yes (laughs) the whole spectrum um both there. i've 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 seen i've seen it work um so i I work with leadership teams and pastors a lot because i often come across pastors and leaderships that are deconstructing or processing and going Right, we've got like a whole bunch of people here we're leading. They're not deconstructing. How do we do our thing? And maybe some of them are, but some aren't. And how do we navigate that? Like, because that's a recipe to break in half in about three seconds. Right. Go, okay, we're just going to go do the deconstruction thing. Well, all these fundamental people are going to go, what the hell? We're out of here. Right. Or depending on the kind of movement you're a part of, what the hell? You're out of here. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. Right. Um, But in, in my experience the majority of the time the the movements that function best are generally the ones that are started with the ethoses of whatever your movement is going to be yeah um and so when you're trying to steer a ship the you know the, the person that i was talking to uh, talk about earlier the guy was, uh talking to his pastor and and he's like you know what does this look like and and i was like if you were planting a brand new church i'd be like dude you're in like you probably are totally sorted you just figure out what kind of movement you want to be about where you're at what's going on you've got to be aware that where you're at is probably going to change in about 12 minutes anyway um so have some loose holding of whatever you do hold um but you'll be fine because people that join join something going oh this is a community that questions it's a community that i'm it doesn't exist to give answers it doesn't exist to uh constrain to control to tell you what to do um that's a very different thing than this this institution has existed for all of those things. It's, it's existed to give you the answers. And these people in charge have the answers if you just ask them. Yeah. And you can rely on that. And when they start going, I don't know, what do you think? You go, what the hell do you mean? I? What do I think? I'm terrified right now, <laughs> right? Because I'm at a stage t- traditional and I'm looking for certainty, safety, and security from right. my authority figure. And the authority figure suddenly goes, I don't know. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, is there an up? Is there a down? Is there a God? Ah! You right, know, right. freak out. Yeah, um, And so... It, it's very very complex for these um institutional models to shift i think depending on how much movement and how much wiggle room you have there's, there's possibility you know if you're a very independent church you can do that a lot easier than if you're part of a huge a denomination that you know has people regionally checking in on you and visiting like undercover to see how your church is doing you're not right. messing around too much i mean some of that stuff actually goes on absolutely absolutely and so that is going to not go well when they show up one week and you're going oh so today we're all going to sit in a circle we're going to pass a mic around so we can all hear each other but we're just going to go like well who is god anyway is God really a man or we're going to uh, talk about, well, is the Bible the word of God? Let's, what do you think? Let's just see what different people think. Like, And there's someone in there from the denomination. Guess who's head rolling next week? You right. know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to work. Um, so I think that there's a dynamic in that, like where that has to be very real. Uh, yeah. We have to be honest. And, and I'm not saying anything negative about these institutions either, because that's how they function. They need people that are looking for that safety, security, certainty. They're at that stage. To put them in a different type of place would cause them huge amounts of trauma and and they yeah. would really struggle.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think some people, you, you it would, it, it, here's the thing, not to cut you off, but I, I think in yeah. deconstruction or whatever, or whenever you enter into that, the temptation is, is to want everyone around you to experience it too. Yeah. And that's just, once again, just another grab for like to let yourself know that you're not alone. And if you can like persuade someone else around you to deconstruct too, then you'll feel okay. Um, but yeah. I, I think that, you know, having places to do that is is widely important but anyway i was i was cutting you off from what you were saying yeah. but no
1: you're, you're right though because and the thing is it's it's about genuinely going well i figured out something i i know something that's right, right and you are wrong because i was there and i was wrong yes and it and now i can look on it retrospectively i'm like, go oh that was harmful it didn't serve me as well in my relationships or this or that and now i'm in a better place i want to help you like it's it's an honest desire but the problem is it wasn't toxic for you when you were there. Right. Mostly. Right. It actually was very helpful for bringing you to where you are today. And some people still need that. In the same way that, that wherever you are right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we have to be aware of that. So this is not about getting church right suddenly or getting community right. It's figuring out that humanity is evolving. People are moving into new stages of psychological development where they interact with the divine in a new, fresh, exciting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to go, what does that look like today? So I do think that there are models that we can, we can operate in. Um, you know, uh, There's a great study um, by uh, Packard and Hope did a study in 2015 on uh, de-churched people. So a thousand people throughout America that had left church. And their main theory was, oh, they had been hurt or offended and they left. That was probably what they thought. Maybe some of them had got married to someone that wasn't a believer and walked away, or maybe some had gone to university or college and then just kind of not bothered. And maybe some never really were that committed Christians and they left. Well, what they found was they were completely wrong. Mm. Um, what they found is the people that had left, these de-church people, on average, had been at church for their entire lives, most of them. Um, on average, they were all in leadership positions. On average, they were the most committed people in their church. Mm. Um, so th- these theories were all rubbish. They, right. they weren't true. What's fascinating is when they asked why they left the church, it hadn't been over a single incident. Most of them had, had experienced very painful experiences, but most of them had experienced like, decades of those you know like lots and lots and lots and so it speaks to how committed they were to trying to make church work yeah the reason they left was they didn't feel they had a community they could be themselves authentically ask Mm. questions be open share what they thought Um, that speaks to what this next movement needs to be knowing that um, most of these people are moving into stage modern maybe post-modern and that's a whole nother Realm. If people want to look into spiral analysis, it's a fascinating topic. There's loads of great stuff out there, books, uh, um, you know, YouTube videos, all sorts. My stuff's on YouTube. My stuff's on my website. So that's one mm-hmm. lens. But and that's the Grace course. Right? It's interesting. The Grace course has loads of videos, but go on YouTube. It's, it's okay. quicker and easier. Um, uh, but yeah, like the, there's great stuff out there. I've got 17 hours of content you know, <laughs> breaking down the different. As perspectives and how it affects christianity so that would be my unique niche is like how does it affect people that are coming out of a christian background but what we have to recognize is this group are emerging and what they're looking for is not safety certainty and security and we have a tendency to go oh this is what i need i need to create this nice little thing that makes everyone feel safe and sec-. it's not what they're looking for they're looking for a, a journey and exploration quite exciting yeah um, they might be a little scared at times they might need like some assurance it's okay it's okay to be like you know going off the deep end going down this slippery slope here i'll hold your hand and we'll go down together um but generally speaking what they're looking for is a place to explore and, and be known for who they are yeah um and most people are are left with the option of be alone or go to church with a mask on day mm. in day out and the problem is when you go to church with the mask on people love you and you get home you take the mask off and the mask is glowing with love Mm. and you feel like crap underneath because you didn't get any of it because no one loves who you are they love the mask mm. and that's what people are doing day in and day and what they're desperate for is a community where they're loved for being themselves yeah and so the, the problem you'll find right so here's a fascinating element so one of the things i experienced is i was getting all these people messaging me day in day out going do you know anyone in san jose do you know anyone in chicago do you know anyone in brazil do you know anyone in london you know and i'm like yeah I've, i speak to people from these places all the time but i don't memorize them i'm sorry you're <laughs> like, right I, you know i'm like yeah i spoke to someone like four months ago i don't remember their insta handle off by heart you know um, and so i created a website and it basically was people could join it and just put their their name and the city they're in mm. and it would put you on the map and then people could go in and they could go like la go and it would go oh there's 40 people in la and you could click on them and you message them and talk and i was like my job here is done i've saved the world everyone's deconstructing <laughs> can be friends and it's all good there'll be communities in every city in the world within a week you know like i'm like this is it we're done uh, Like this isn't hard why didn't someone do this before what's fascinating is so you look at somewhere like la which last time i looked on the website it's about 30 40 people in la there and i'm like awesome dude like you've got like a little church or something if you want it not not that i'm like make a church because god that's the last thing i would want personally um but i know some people would want that or some people want a community that looks different maybe they want to get together in pubs we want to get in a coffee shop hang out in houses whatever yeah um what's fascinating is i had someone message me from la going hey i was on your website and i messaged and i, I went through every single person and there's just no one that's really in the same place as me and what's fascinating is they were still in a place where they needed People to be charismatic, Mm. so they were like, "Oh, I don't. You don't need to believe in the Bible as the word of God, and you don't need to believe in how, but you really, I really need you to believe in prophecy and healing, and Mm. and I want, I want to get together and prophesy over each other and pray for each other." And I'm like, "Huh? I hadn't thought about that." People are still going to be holding on to different components, so it's a bit like what you're saying there. If like, well, the thing that draws me to a vineyard dude, I would not be drawn to Vineyard. I, I don't listen to music, I'm, I've got a weird makeup where I, I just don't really care about music. So when I go to church and people are like, oh, we've got an hour worship service. I'm like, good God, i have go hide in the bathroom for an hour. Yeah. Like, that's honestly how I feel. I'd rather hide in the cubicle in the bathroom oh, yeah. than be in the church service. That's how much I'm like, this just is not doing it for me. Um, But other people are like, oh my gosh, worship's over. Let's get out of here quick. Let's go home, you know? I'm like, ooh, a a sermon I can critically analyze. That's fascinating to me. Um, (laughs) Or whatever. Or uh, people at coffee that I want to talk to. And so people have these different dynamics at play that are still going to be there. And so I think the the problem that we have as we look to rebuild communities from the ashes that people have lost as their communities have burned down around them, the question is what do we make the centerpieces because if we make the centerpieces say the charismatic element or music and worship Mm -hmm. or we get together because we're really into prayer there's gonna be a lot of people that are going through this process that are like dude prayer means nothing to me i don't even know if there's a god to talk to i don't even know if god is a person or if it's like you know this being that is just everything i don't know so i don't want to get together and pray for four hours i just don't want to do that right and so the question is what has what what is it that we're actually going to gather around and i think there's room for us to go no yeah we're we're the people that deconstruct and we are still into prayer we're still into spiritual gifts cool That's, that's okay i think you'll find people i don't i don't have any question that you will but i think if we want something that's more encapsulating of all i think it has to be more baseline it has to be more open it has to be more inclusive than even that yeah uh, we have to let go of even those fundamentals right to some degree um, which is a really problematic element i mean we're, we're gonna at some point have fundamentals that we hold on to right there's gotta be something sure.
0: right right
1: maybe right possibly um, <laughs> i mean that's and that's that's kind of i the... say that but my community doesn't you know uh, i i've got people around me in, in a, a close tight-knit group and We don't care what you believe got atheists agnostics christians got a muslim friend you know we've got people that are um from all kinds of different walks of life like none of that's particularly important to me um in exploring spirituality but for some other people they come along and go dude i can't do this Mm -hmm. like i can't do it if we're not at least all agreeing that jesus christ is this and this is how it works and i can't do it that's okay yeah but it's fine you're welcome here but you're also welcome to exclude yourself Yeah. if this is too yeah. open. Yeah. Um, and that's but, the beauty, but, so I, think I think, of I think there's probably a bit of everything. Yeah. I
0: mean, the beauty of the Sorry, internet rambling. and all of that. No, you're fine, <laughs> man. Um, I wanted you to come on to talk, so this is good. Um, but I think that's the beauty of, of the internet is finding those initial connections to people. Yeah. And I think where it gets you know, um, difficult is when you try to actually get people in real time and real space uh, because people don't uh, necessarily want to uh, submit to a particular practice or belief or whatever, uh, but they do. And that's the thing. I think people mm-hmm. deeply want to have you know, communal practices. You know, I think there is something that is very still ancient in the mind, especially whenever it comes to religion, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, deconstructing shifts some of that, but it also, I think we still want to have as being, you know, these sort of, uh, uh, the sort of, um, uh, uh, mammal that likes to travel in a pack, right? Like we want to find our pack somewhere mm. and that pack is going to look like something. And so I think what you're saying is like, but it's also the freedom now with the age of the internet. It's like, okay, well, this isn't your, you know, we're snow leopards over here. We can certainly find you some giraffes to roll with, you know, over there. You know, and it's like that yeah. we can find people and also just knowing that like there's no harm, no foul. Because I think the problem on the fundamental side is, oh, you guys don't believe that Jesus is the only son of God. Now there's a problem with the difference mm-hmm. of species of You know church or christian or spiritual people and i think where the maturity comes from in a deconstructionist point of view is knowing that there isn't something wrong with the other person it's just a difference it's a nuance and and there's a liberation and freedom uh you know i think people giving themselves the freedom to explore and be fully truly who they are Mm. and encounter the divine in whatever way that may look In the same way, giving that freedom to other people. I think that's one of the greatest elements of love. Uh, If love is going to be the thing that wins, if that's going to be the highest priority for the human experience, then that means I love myself enough to free myself from the attachments of my Mm -hmm. ego and the perceptions and the, the things that others place on me. And likewise, I free myself to, for whatever preconceived notions I have for them or agenda I have for them, I free them to that too. Yeah. And so I think mm-hmm. that's uh, a big shift for folks when they're entering into this. Cause like I was saying before, I mean, Absolutely. we want other people to deconstruct with us, but sometimes that's not their thing. That's not their, their trip to be on. And so, yeah, you know, cause I questioned in the beginning of all this, I'm like, we just need to like redo church altogether. And it's like, well, I mean, I still think if it's doing people harm, it shouldn't exist, right? But like if people Mm -hmm. want to be involved at a, you know, Calvary Chapel Church or whatever, like by all means, have at it. Have a great time. Just, uh, you know, where where you might fall into sin, you know, in that place is where you're going to like ostracize me for not wanting to. Be a part of yeah. that community, you
1: know. It's it's really hard, isn't it? Because you look at I mean, someone like Megan Phelps, you know, an incredible woman. I don't know if you know much about Megan, but she Mm-mm. was the granddaughter of Fred Phelps, who started the Westboro Baptist Church. If you haven't read her book, which is called Unfollow, absolutely extraordinary. It's all about really? life inside the Westboro Baptist Church. No way. And then coming out of it. And and but you look but my point being, put that to the side, my point being is it, it challenges your dualisms because the woman that we have that is an incredible speaker in how to reach out to people that are in cults that are in really damaging places that are really hurtful and quite awful uh active uh, or, or, or their actions are very awful in, in the community how to reach them how to change them how to love passionately and unconditionally wouldn't have her unless she was in a cult for mm. 20 odd years mm. and so you go so is it good or is it bad that the Westboro Baptist Church exists? Is hmm. it good or is it bad that she was in the Westboro Baptist Church? Is it good or is it bad that kids are raised in the Westboro? Uh, oh, see, I want to say, no, obviously it's bad. Right. Well, the answer to all those questions is bad. But I can't actually say that, if I'm honest, because right. there's too much good that comes from that bad. And and so it's, it's not that I would choose that. It's not that I would put anyone in that for that, well, oh, I'd like you to learn the lesson of love by being abused or, you know, like, obviously not. It's not like, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's like, oh, you should learn to be more uh, patient. I'll blow your legs and arms off. So you have to do everything with your teeth, or mm. the pen or, you know, like, <laughs> obviously not. Um, but we need to step beyond some of these hard dualisms and go, actually, there's a lot more complexity to this. Right. Um, one of the things that I'm fascinated by, so part of what we do with the network that, uh, that I've developed, the network I mentioned, the deconstruction network, yeah. that helps connect people. But what it's doing is research. So what we want to do is we want to research people that are going through this journey on long term. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're just starting that process with a research company here in the UK. Um, but we hope to do small surveys every couple of months that just last five minutes or so for like years mm. and track how people develop and how they grow. And also like how different backgrounds, how different experiences, how different uh, people process this and what they look for and how they how it works out. Yeah. You know, can we start making some correlations? Can we start? Uh, piecing together some data on this because there really is very little data on it right and one of the things that we did in the initial survey is um there's a scale that has been developed over about 30 35 years called the religious um, faith development scale Mm. uh, or the revised uh, faith development scale and basically it maps how developed someone is based on spirituality it's Mm. fascinating Um, it's been developed over about 30 years it's been peer-reviewed hundreds and hundreds of times like it's a very well developed model i would like the wording to be different but i'm not going to spend 30 years developing one for it to be uh, as well uh, cemented in data uh, so I'm, I'm using that as as part of our study but what's interesting is if you look on the line of how much more developed people are and how further along that journey they are you can literally see people beginning through to very advanced on this journey mm. of deconstruction and one of the hypotheses, we haven't started this, this round of study yet, but one of the things I really want to look at is how capable are you of interacting with different people from where you came from, but also in the deconstruction network. Mm. And, and my hypothesis, I don't have any data, it's all anecdotal now from talking with people. My hypothesis is that the more developed you become, the more you start to go, Dude, I don't care if you are the prayer guy and I'm the charismatic guy. I just wanna have a relationship with people that are going through something. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just wanna be here and, and do something for you. Mm. You can go pray afterwards and I can go and, you know, Rambashamba and whatever. But <laughs> for now, let's let's just talk about our pain that we've had together and the process and the journey and how's your family and what's going on with your kids? Like you know, there's there's a transcending where I think early in deconstruction, um, and there's a lot in spiral dynamics and human development about that. Sure. But early on, we we really struggle to click with people that are different. Mm, so we're yeah. looking for people that are exactly like us. We're looking to form a new new tribe that is right. And yes. Still very dualistic. And you feel um, almost evangelistic takes, in that, right? At times. Oh, <laughs> big time for the best of reasons and the worst of reasons. Yes. Right? You 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 know, Megan Phelps comes out of the Westboro Church. She wants people out. Right. You know, she can see that the damage and her. hurt. Right. Um, but it's it's the it's the maturity to go, okay, yes, but not everyone's ready. So how do I help someone get ready? Mm-hmm. And how do I do life with them in the meantime? Surely that's a valuable and important process. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to be okay with the fact that it's a process, right? You don't, you might want your kid to go to Harvard, but when he's three, you've got to be invested in the next 15, 16 years. because. Mm-hmm they're not going to accept him. Right. You know, he's three. He yeah. knows nothing. He's an idiot. Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, but he's an idiot. You know, um, Even like these kid prodigies at three. No, sorry, buddy. You're not getting into our astrophysics program, right. program or whatever. You know, it's like, you, you got to go, okay, well, what are the journeys I'm going to have to take? How do I begin even teaching you about physics at three? Yeah. We'll probably not start with, you know, like theoretical physics with like looking at like, how does a dark hole, uh, a yeah, black hole work or what is dark matter? That's like, you know, if I show you like if you drop two things that are different weights, something different happens or like we'll start really slow. It's right. still too advanced for a 3-year-old, but <laughs> right. you get the point, you know, like we're 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 trying to work towards something. Um, and i think we have to have that approach when we deal with one another and especially when we look at where we've come from Mm -hmm. um it's very easy to demonize that's very easy to see the problems and the pains of that and it's very easy to want to pull people out of that for the best of reasons genuinely the best reasons, some misguided reasons as well sure um but we have to acknowledge you know what my grandparents probably don't really care and they really enjoy being a part of that community. And that's their faith. And it's how they operate. And you know what? If God's been okay with the church looking like this for the best part of 2,000 years, he probably doesn't overly care. This is the thing that, that really like stretches people. Is on the whole, the biggest thing I can take away from my journey and my study of history is God seems to care very little about how we connect with him and what we end up doing in his name. Now, I'm sure he's devastated that we've gone on the crusade and killed everyone. Sure, But somehow while we were doing that he was still in our countries working with people in the church and coming alongside them and answering their prayers and supporting them and helping them grow closer to him and become better people and he's probably going good god i can't wait for these crusades to be over can't wait for someone to wake up or can't wait for someone to say maybe we shouldn't be beating our slaves and then someone else to go actually should we have slaves at all i don't know which is like like open theism i'm excited about these move forwards yes so that's a fantastic kind of like world and Yeah. Uh, I love that
0: idea because it's, it's God working in unison with the human evolution and the the consciousness of, of people. Right. And that's where like, I like the word progressive. It's a progressive theology. Mm -hmm. It's people are progressing into greater states of awareness of God's interaction with them. And so God moves in his way only by the way we interpret that and understand that and live into that. Right. And it's this you know, the two pedals of a bicycle, right? And yeah. they have to move in this particular way. And I think that that's, that is a great example of it. Um, for people that want to learn more about the Deconstructionist Network, I'm curious. You know, I don't know how much time you got or whatever. I want to be respectful of that.
1: I'm, I'm always open for time. So, um, yeah,
0: so but I'm curious as much time as you want. Um, what like your, so you've already kind of explained a little bit about the Deconstructionist Network and what that offers. Um, and so a lot of research, but um, it seems to me like there's been quite a community that's come around like your Instagram and, and mm-hmm. in that, you know, um, so I'm curious, Your seems like you have two things going on, like you have the deconstructionist network, and then you also have the, uh, the grace uh, course, right? And yeah.
1: um, so the grace course, kind uh, of pisses me off. If I'm I said, I don't really like the name, but it is what it is. And I just have to work with it for now um are you that you calvinist I you more, <laughs> i was a bit more dualistic at the time when i started it so i just wanted to create a website that would teach people about grace because obviously i can teach them about grace and this is the right and you're wrong here yeah i can just move you from there to here right right um as time's <laughs> gone on i've kind of developed and evolved a bit and gone yeah i probably don't know everything so why don't i just kind of try and help people uh look at topics more broadly more mm-hmm. openly and educate themselves and then trust that the spirit leads people into truth yeah um, and help them make their own decisions and so there's some stuff on there from a good decade ago that is a bit more black and white and then there's more i noticed you had some stuff about stuff. romans on there even and stuff yeah like... i've got a, i've got a whole series on romans and i believe 40 50 percent of it it's it's great but here's the thing i'm also aware of there's loads of people that sign up for that series and it's game-changing for them yeah so i'm like, yeah, sure leave it on no help them move one step forward to help me get to where i am today yeah I'll help someone else and someone else will open it and be like well, this guy's an idiot that's, <laughs> that's okay as well i don't mind i don't, I don't mind um but the more modern stuff uh, you know series spiral dynamics series on homosexuality and different things that I, I, i'm trying to help people engage with some of these topics more theologically so something like homosexuality like such a hot topic in the church and i'm like okay yeah but for good reason it's really complex yeah really complex if you're going to be fundamental about it this is how you're going to approach things and this is how it's going to look and you have to understand that people are fundamental, that they're going to struggle with it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to start questioning different things and look in context and look at literature and different things, you're going to start to see more nuance. And so just with a, something like that series, what I did was I basically laid out there's three different views within the church on this topic and how did they approach all of the data? So I look at every Bible verse and go, oh, well, first view would look at it this way. Second view would look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Third view would look at it this way. Here's the pros and cons because all three views have crappy stuff and good stuff um, and let's look at the culture let's look at Mesopotamia yeah. and look at what they believed about homosexuality and what they, how they acted and how do the three views engage with that data um, or not um, and what does that look like and how might that inform how the Israelites then did so or Greco-Roman culture and right. then how might that affect Christians so, so looking it's at fun. things and just going there's a lot more depth, there's a lot more data to look at, there's a lot more stuff to explore now that you've done that what do you think? How do you feel the Spirit's leading you? How do you feel God might look upon that through the lens of who Jesus is, as a good father? Um, and, and so it's, it just opens people up to exploring in new ways. What I believe is kind of irrelevant. I, it's about that course particularly is about eight hours. Mm-hmm. And I think I say my opinion for about three minutes at the end. Yeah you know I, my opinion is irrelevant it's not important mm. the what's important is your opinion mm. and i'm not going to try inform you now of course i'm biased and i probably say things slightly worse or maybe have a tone here or there i try not to i really do yeah of course that's going to come out in some way or shape or form but that's my heart with the grace course is to try and equip people in different areas educate people talk about hell and talk about the different views and how they're perceived and how they look um open theism and go what is this like it's a topic no one really talks about so let me kind of give you a few kind of simple examples of what it might look like um it's completely free it's not anything that costs anything it's it's a mechanism through which people can support me okay as well so people can give monthly if they want but they don't really get anything for it uh we have like a monthly chat once a month and that's about it on zoom yeah um but everything i always want people to be able to do things for free so the grace course is free all the content there my time on instagram i spend hours a day talking with people and helping people and processing with them I do that for free um, and the, the deconstruction network as well. Being able to connect with other people in your area, the research we're doing, I'm trying, you know, just doing all of that for free as well. Um, and I don't so, know how you live, yeah, man. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Sparsely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And your landlord just accepts like, uh, you know, a zoom chat as payment for your, for your rent Dude, lease. I right? wish, <laughs> man, that'd <would> be sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's so no, funny. We, we,
1: we do well. We do well. My wife has an okay job and, People are generous. People are generous, and so uh, we don't. We're not gonna retire millionaires, but we'll be fine. That's all right. I mean, don't listen yeah. to the
0: people on uh, YouTube that that's a requirement, right? I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. Oh, the, the abs. I couldn't be.
1: I couldn't be more bored by you know that kind of drive. Like, I, I miss having more money that I could eat takeout or you know, like, can spend a bit more, time having better clothes or whatever. But I don't really care about better clothes. I don't really care about having. I don't know, more furniture. Or how many seats do I need to sit on? Mm, right. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I, I fill my house and everyone manages to find a seat somewhere. It's yeah. fine. It's great. You know, like you can get twenty people sitting on floors and couches and windowsills and it works. Yeah. Um yeah. people people show up earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely a, it's a shift in in um how we perceive things and what we value, isn't it? Oh well absolutely. We uh, we value yeah. we value community. And so as long as we can keep doing community, which is Largely free.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I that's think that's great. amazing, and I think it's amazing that you're putting out so much content for free, and, uh, you know, everything for The Spiritual Nomad has pretty much been for free. You know, I made, like, a, a little ask for from people to give to, you know, uh, some podcast needs or whatever, you know, but, I mean, mm-hmm. not done anything like that, but so I think it's great that we have those options for people to engage with this and, stuff and there's
1: nothing wrong with that either i mean I, I i my laptop was dying a few years ago and i do a lot of video editing and things like that so i, was like, I need a decent pc so i asked for like about a thousand dollars i was like Is anyone want to give to this and like people gave me like three thousand dollars i end up buying an absolute super incredible computer it'll do me years and it's like I, I edit videos in like two minutes there i render and it used to take like four hours and i'm like it's done in like four minutes. I'm like, this is amazing. So I have nothing wrong with people saying, hey, there's a need here. Can totally. people help? Like, I think that's fine. And I've and there's nothing wrong with people selling their services as well. I have no problem with that either. Right. Um, for me, the big thing for me is that people I'm working with have been abused financially so much by the institution Mm. so many of them have been just screwed over in so many ways lied to told you have to give 10 percent of your income your whole life i mean some of these people have put in over a million dollars over their life into like the church and just given and given and given and some of them are single moms who ended up getting kicked out of their home because they couldn't pay rent but they were tithing you know and you go i'm not going to on any level allow for you to find me and then go oh i've got to buy that mm. thing i really need what he's got i really need to find some peace i need to find a better god i need to i'm not gonna lie for that person to buy something there's probably other people that will and that's great and so be it but i, I want every single person to hopefully and then i trust that maybe the multi-millionaires one day i'll have someone that's like "Oh, i'm gonna give this guy 70 grand a month yeah <laughs> I mean, like, like i said i have no problem i'll have a nicer car if i need to you know? yeah well uh, send them but, my way too you know, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> i i always laugh um, you know who Joseph Prince is? Uh-uh. He's like big mega church pastor in Singapore. He, he was awesome. I loved him for a good long season. He's a, he's an amazing guy. He, but he dresses, dude, he dresses like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Like amazing. But I, I once was on his website, I was looking at his giving. I think I actually gave somebody to him at some point, but I was looking at it and he's got like a pull down menu for options for monthly giving. The bottom one was like 50 grand a month. And I was like, dude, you put that option on your website you've got faith yeah you know what i mean at some point they're like joseph how high do you want this to go like a hundred dollars a month five hundred dollars a month. So, put it up to 50 grand yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> i love it so uh, ah, somebody's somebody. gonna click and, and then, you it. know what if someone wants if someone loves joseph and is appreciating his stuff and he's like i'm gonna give this guy like you know what is that a million a year like right. i'm gonna give this no, not quite but you know like sure i'm gonna give him this guy a crap ton of money cool that's awesome i'm nowhere near a million it's six is isn't it But whatever it's a lot of money <laughs> and, <laughs> it, yeah i'll take it you know you know you'd have a million i'll take 600 grand <laughs> absolutely so so i think it, we again we just we tend to be Oh, my way is the right way this yeah. way is wrong and we demonize and actually some people only learn through that mechanism of like they want to buy they want to invest they, that's where they're at right now and that's their mindset maybe I know I'm more likely to read a book if I got, if I paid money for it than if it's free. Yeah. You know, so there's different dynamics at play as well. and so Totally. Um, I probably lose a lot of people because of that, to be honest with you. Really? Um, probably, right? I mean, I, I know for me if someone was like, oh, I've got this amazing thing that will change your life. It's completely free. And then I see this other guy going, oh man, this is amazing. It's going to cost 300 bucks. I'd be like, guys selling it for 300 bucks probably better that's true right that is just on some level you're like you know if someone's like here do you want this free cheeseburger or do you want to go into that store to sell them for 25 dollars for a cheeseburger you're like well it's the perceived value right good right Right. yeah exactly i mean probably the same thing (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean
0: I think it's great what you're doing, and I think it's awesome that we're just uh, able to connect through Instagram and find more people who yeah, who want to do this sort of work and provide space for people online. And um, I would like to see more people using that map and finding other people in their area. Mm. Uh, that would be helpful for me, too, and a place that I can point people to because a lot of people ask. Even the church I'm part of our social media, you know, people like, do you know anybody in Jacksonville, Florida? Do you know? And it's like, it it gets kind of extensive. So I'm glad to just point people in your direction now and say, hey, uh, check this out and use it. And so hopefully that'll, you know, bring a little Mm, bit more to you. you. So, um, but yeah, yeah, uh, any websites uh did you want just the grace course and then the, the
1: gracecourse.com deconstructionnetwork.com deconstruction um instagram phil drysdale all my stuff is through that if you go to my instagram and then kind of click on my link it'll take you to youtube grace course deconstruction network kind of everything the podcast i've got a sh- a, the phil drysdale show um they're kind of longer form kind of two to three hour podcasts. so they're like man they, they go on yeah but it's good i love it i love long form so yeah yeah good rambling conversations with all sorts of interesting people and um but yeah that's probably the best way to do it is go through uh uh my instagram if, if you have show notes you can just put that link tree at cool url's probably the easiest right. and then people can go from there to the multiple things but perfect um, yeah dude i'm really honored to be on I absolutely love what you're doing i think what you're doing is really important it's really exciting uh to see you developing that and growing that and and to see where you're going to go from here uh it's thanks it's, man it's thanks. really exciting because i know you're juggling you're you're juggling a lot of things and I can see this opening up into a very new, uh, exciting opportunity for you to really develop something that is is—it's changing the world. Uh, you know, I, I, I speak to people that are like, oh, I love this guy. I've had people ask me to have you on my podcast. So I need to have you kind of come on and we can ramble and somehow try and not have the same conversation. Uh, we'll definitely have a different conversation. <laughs> well, you'll talk a lot more. So. <laughs> definitely. And I'll, I'll make sure that yeah. I make
0: plenty of time to hang out and chat and uh you that's know awesome.
1: well yeah because you'll have to because it's gonna be two or three hours. <laughs> all right i'll make
0: i'll make the time man i'll make the time that's funny yeah um, well dude thank yeah, you so no, thank much, you very much man i'm i'm glad like likewise i mean i see your stuff floating around instagram and um it's it's just really really awesome to see that stuff around so friends if you're listening to this or watching it or whatever however you're consuming your media uh be sure to go into the show notes and um connect and Get signed up for what's going on, and at least
1: put your name on the map so people can find you mm, and absolutely. Uh, and go and do and that. Get involved with our research if you do. It's entirely optional, but it's changing changing the narrative about this group of people because a lot of the narrative is really messed up and just incorrect.
0: So that's and that is a big piece that has just really stuck out to me about your work is bringing clarity and um, kind of debunking the myths of what this you know, nomadic deconstructionist movement is. Um, you know, especially and man, we could just keep rambling, huh? I mean (laughs) I think that I'm like trying to wrap it up, but it's just it's not happening. (laughs) It's all good. So good. But I I think that people, especially uh, you know, people that are in church cultures and in context, I think you find this probably as well, Phil. I mean, people that are still on staff at churches and still they're engaging with the content. It's not just people that have already left, it's people that are in Those places and spaces. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, just kind of getting uh, the right information. There's a lot of false projection about the Mm -hmm. nomadic deconstructionist movement. There's a lot of um, uh, just false stuff that goes around just because simply people that are still in those contexts, still in those places are uh, projecting, you know, just really sort of poisonous things about the beauty, I think, of what's what's happening, you know, not to call anybody yeah. out, but I, I mean, I saw Jeremy Riddle post on Instagram, right, of all people just like mm-hmm. being like, I can't believe how many people are basically falling off the bandwagon, like, and they just chalk mm-hmm. it up to, you know, in oh, the yeah. last days, that's what's going to happen, you know, and I'm like, that is just such bullshit, because there is so much beauty that is happening and so much connection uh, that's happening to God, um, even though that it's not in the particular way that they've perceived it through Bethel or Vineyard or whatever. So uh, so anyways, I love the work. point of all of that is that if people want to go somewhere where someone is doing work that is honest about the reality of what's happening and not filtered through the lens of an evangelical charismatic, you know, uh, um, leaning, I think... People should go click the stuff in the links below and find your work and uh, check it out and let that inform them. So friends, do that and follow on Instagram and all that stuff. And um, if you want to give us both a million dollars, feel free to do so. Friends, you can do that. (laughs)
1: We'll take 600,000. We'll take 600,000. No
0: problem. No problem. You know, (laughs) we'll take into account the quarantine, you know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's it. Yeah.
0: So all right, friends, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Phil.